Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. Literally too long didn't read. TLDR, you guys are awesome. So Joe, it looks like we may become the hosts no longer of TLDR Comic Book Club, but of Comic Book Celebrity Deathmatch. I think that's going to be our, we're going to make it a show. We're not going to do a podcast anymore. We've become too big for that at this point. Can you tell the people why that's going to happen? Well, it seems when we have guests on these days, we just don't have singular guests anymore. We just have creative teams, which is awesome. And I'm very excited to announce, you know, the, the newest creative team, although one of these guys is, isn't so new. We have the, the Glaswegian ghoul, John Lees, who's been on the show a number of times. And we have the younger brother of the world famous Uncle Buck artist, Alex Cormack. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey. Um, I like that Glaswegian girl. Like that's but like you know preemptive kind of about the Glaswegian good guy or the. I think that kind of was you know rhymed with ghoul or what was. Glaswegian I'm just glad you said Glaswegian correctly this time. Oh yeah, yeah, no. I was practicing beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I had to school them. It's like Glasgow. The men of Americans like glass cow. Good old Glasgow. I think Joe was trying to do his Scottish accent. I was trying to do my best Scrooge McDuck. Oh, there you go. But we are here to talk about Sync Monsters. That is the 12th and 13th issue of Sync. The Kickstarter is, I mean, fully funded is a bit of an understatement. It's it's over 200 and is it at 250 yet? Huckling fast towards 300 percent funding. Things like 240 percent or something like that. So. Yeah. yeah, we're not we're not math guys on this program, so we're gonna have to trust. I'm, I'm, right. I'm, 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 I'm not yeah, I, I could draw a number. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, but we had one of the kind of like cool little nuggets. Says I think we just recently passed twenty two thousand two hundred and fifty dollars around that ballpark number, which was the around the total that we made for the entirety of the last campaign, the Sync Cutthroat campaign. And after less than a week, we've already surpassed like the entire total of the Sync Cutthroat campaign. And for me, like I just think it's like every single time we do one of these campaigns, like I'm like, I don't know if I can swear, but like I'm shitting it. I'm shitting my pants, like thinking yeah. <laughs> um, like, oh my god, why was it if everyone's decided they don't like sync anymore? What if they're bored of it? What if they don't care anymore? And every single time, like everyone comes out in force and they show like there's real like passion for this world and these characters, and like it just really kind of like gives you confidence, a major boost to know that the audience is still there. And not only that, the audience seems to be growing. Yeah. Um, oh so, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I mean, every time you do it, it, it blows my mind because I'm like, who's gonna? I, I don't think we'll make dollar one, you know, and, and it's, especially the ver- the first time we did this, like uh, when you and Tyler are like, all right, this is what we're planning. We're gonna do this thing called a Kickstarter, lot, and we're gonna ask people for money. I'm like, what? Who's who's gonna give us money? You're out of your mind. <laughs> and then it's, it worked out great. So, yeah, right. I, I, that's an understatement. <laughs> but I just want to know, John, why the fuck do you think we wouldn't swear on this show? Sink. <laughs> I always, always like to make sure, um, like the noise to say bad words. It's like you know, Glaswegian, uh, being Scottish and doing in situations like you know, Glaswegian gentlemen, okay, you can't see that here. Just yeah, wait well, until we start talking about the dildo duo, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. That's the nickname that me and Alex are going to have when we go to convention. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, here they come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that will come up later for, for damn sure. A quick little synopsis for those who aren't in the know that. And, and again, like we're going to be talking about it a bunch, but if you haven't already backed sync, go fucking do it right now. You have a chance to catch up on it. There are a ton of options. Joe and I have read everything sync that is out there right now. It is actually our top horror comic of all time to this I day. Remember, I um, watched it. Yeah. And it was- I mean, oh, yeah. how, how can it not be? It's friggin' outstanding. We, we absolutely love it. But a quick synopsis for those who don't know, dark forces, old and new descend upon sink Hill, forcing unlikely alliances. The hit series sink returns with an all new 64 page issue. And that again, if you're not, if you're all caught up on sync, you can get that. If you're not, and you love horror, we're going to, you're going to hear us say this a ton. We're not a broken record. We just want you all to know, go pick up sync, go back and make sure you can get, make sure you back it for, to get everything to this point, because it has been that good. And we already talked about how it's been so successful monetarily and everything. And, you know, Alex, I know you kind of alluded to it already, how like, where you started and where things are now. So would you say it's safe to say that it still shocks you like how well that that the can't that this book has done uh, over the years? Oh sure, yeah. Uh well I like for example I was remember I was at um uh New York and um like every time I go to a show I'll be in New York, I'll be like uh, San Diego, I'll be in uh we were in Heroes last year. Um and uh and whenever like I meet anybody or talk to anybody uh, they always bring up sync. They're like, all right, when's the new sync coming out? And, um, and I'm just like, you know, it, it's always the one that people bring up. Like, when's the next one of those coming out? And um, it, I mean, it means the world, you know, it's, uh, it's especially, you know, I feel like it's like, uh, you know, with everything with the Kickstarter and all that. And um, which is fantastic. But I mean, it, it feels like it's, this always feels like it's just a John and I project, you know? And um, and it's just the two of us doing this, and the fact that it's got such a response, it's you know, it's fantastic. It's it's yeah. so good, and I'm curious, John, for for you too. We've talked about sync with you, uh, you know, for the last campaign, and uh, actually, I think we read Hotel, and then you talked to us about sync, and then we talked to Axel Alonso about sync, and then you know, in in, in that time, Joe and I just read the, the the whole thing because we couldn't get enough of it. But for you. <laughs> Is, is there still that same level of like shock that just just continues to be a well-oiled machine in terms of the fan base? Um, well, yeah, like you know, I don't want to say like, oh, I'm totally shocked. I'm gonna do this in case like, and it's like, you like this? What's the matter? But well, like, no, but I do get what you mean. It's like since think like I've obviously gone on to do like big books with bigger publishers like AWA and working with Vault now. Um, but no matter what I do, Sync seems to still be the book that people keep on coming back to. Either it's like, um, there's like the long time fans who've been with us from day one and have continued to be loyal and you know, really dedicated to it, or I'll do a new book like Hotel or Crimson Cage or The Nasty, people will get that, and then through that, they'll go back and discover Sync and then they'll get in there. So it seems to be people keep on coming back to that book, and it's something that like feels like really close to like, my heart still as well. Um, like, oh, because like, of all the books I've done, it's the biggest thing I've done in terms of, like, there's 10 issues or, well, 12 issues if you count, if you count dig and cutthroat. 12 issues have been released um, like, with 13 and 14 on the way or 
12 and 13. <laughs> this is going to confuse that <laughs> one. On top of that, I've written 21, I've written 21 scripts. I've written like Sync Volume 1 and 2, which have been published. I've written Dig, which was published. I've also already scripted Volumes 3 and 4. So like this thing like is like the biggest project like I've ever done by like some margin. And like in for me, it's like when I look at like all the things I've done, like Sync feels like the one that's like, you know my invisible sign like my sandman or something but it's like it feels like not only the biggest in terms of the scope and the kind of size of it but also it's like really close to my heart in terms of being set in glasgow my love letter to where i come from and um obviously a much nastier version of where i come from um that's good i know for sure yeah (laughs) um and so like to me like that's one of the things that's really cool as well that like this weird book from Glasgow, um, that has like weird Glasgow vernacular, like Jobby or Jaggy Boz or you know, like you know, stuff like this. And <laughs> but Americans all around the world still connect with it and still see some kind of resonance in it. And that just feels really cool to me that we're able to take this kind of really Scottish story um and make it a universal story. And yeah, like I say, like as excited as like proud I am as the stuff that we've done so far, looking what's coming ahead. Um I think it's just going to get even better. Like I was actually looking back at some of the scripts I wrote that I'd forgotten about because you know I also wrote them, and I was like, "Well, this is this is really good." I know this is I can really can't wait to see what people think of this. And that starts with um, monsters, which is coming up next. Like the stories in that are ones that mean a lot to me, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, like I just think it's such a cool series, I and mean, it's really cool to see that it has such a fan base. Well, it, it's it's funny that you you know you mentioned that like this being a Scottish story, but it's it's been you know praised and embraced by you know you know people over here in the states and, and, I, and i'm sure worldwide you know that's that's the nice thing about kickstarter too is that like there's a lot of books that are written in french or written over you know on the other side of the pond that we just never get over here sometimes they'll get translated and and and, and republished and so we we don't either have access to those or we don't really know about them is that so that's what's been so great about sync is that you know what what you guys and and, and comics tribe has done through kickstarter is, is made you know these kick-ass stories so widely available and when i was reading you know some of your you know you had sort of penned this wonderful thing about this particular campaign and how personal it is to you and you talked about your grand and how you know it was it was very important for you to write a story you know, sort of about your grand's life, but it never really came to be. And then you write this, and as you said it's sort of a, a tribute to your grand. First, I'm going, fuck. <laughs> how, how is grand gonna? How is grand oh, gonna you, respond? You, you, to that you, because, you're the first oh, like, yeah. don't worry about my grand. You don't know my grand. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. Oh, boy, sorry. my grand. My grand used to like, you know, give me like, she used to like phone me up tell me like you boy block out like the various movies you've been watching like you know and like so she, and i still think she should have made a podcast would have made a killing so i get i get this phone call and they would be like john i watched this movie last night it was called hostel and then she would she would give like this blow by blow breakdown account of the plot of hostel i went back and watched hostel like some months later the actual movie hostel is nowhere near as good as the hostel that I'm at in my game. <laughs> by my gram. Or she's like, you know, I watched this movie, John, it was called Lady Vengeance. And just and she's like, if you get any movies like that, it's like, give it a one of Old Boy in DVD. And then, like, a day later, I'm like, did you watch Old Boy? And she's like, aye. And I was like, what do you think of it? And she's like, it was okay. It was a bit tame. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> my absolute favourite one was of describing to me, getting up in the middle of the night, and she said, I turned on this wild movie was on. She starts describing the plot to me, and she's like, there's these two... I was in the middle of the movie, I don't know what's happening, and there's these two guys, they go into this big house, and like, and these... You know, rough folk are talking to them, saying you're you're gonna have it now. Everyone talks in Gosby accents, and these, even though it's like Hollywood movies, you, you're you're getting it now. You're you're, you're getting done in, and, like, and they're like, oh no, don't kill us. And then it's even not gonna kill you. We're gonna do it worse. We're gonna shag you. And it's like, and then, and then, and then, and then they start, they start grabbing them. Their faces start melting, and then they start. And I'm thinking she's describing this like. I think my gram was watching society. <laughs> and, then, and then she says, and then all these men come in and start taking their clothes off and they start building each other's big pile of goo. And I said, fuck this, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> oh my God. Jeez Louise. I, so here I am. Because I'm, I'm reading this and then how it's a trick. And I'm like, I'm thinking back to a time when I gave my grand a copy of a girl with a dragon tattoo, and then I go, "Oh shit, what did I give this you know, this poor old lady to read?" And then when I talked to her, I said, "Grand, I'm so sorry." She goes, "Oh, it's 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 nothing I don't already know about." And I'm like, "Well, that's kind of fucked up." Yeah, <laughs> no, all these grands are the same shit. shit. And I will say that my grand is absolutely delighted because I what I've already kind of achieved the first part of this goal because I gave her a copy of Cutthroat. It was like this this is based on you, <laughs> and like because the funny thing is like I'm not sure if I, I probably mentioned this in like the afterward that I wrote in Cutthroat, but like. A big part of the plot of that was based on like a dream that my gran had at one point. And she told us that years ago, where she said at one point my cousin James, she'd written her dream, was kidnapped and she had to go rescue him. And then she ended up she slit the guy's throat, like after like, you know, <laughs> she, she found him. And I thought, what a dream. So I kind of can adapted that in the comic form. Um but wow. yeah, no, for those gets after read, it. for those of that who haven't read like the Kickstarter page, like the kind of like backstory of all this is like for as long as I've like wanted to be a writer, which is like for a long time, like even before I can you wanted to write comics, my grandma's was always like, You should tell like my life story, like you should write a book about what happened in my past and like I don't know if the world can handle that up in like nineteen fifties <laughs> Glasgow. And like she would tell me stories and then like this would be like a really wild to tell. Then for one reason or another that never happened, and then I get in the comics and and then at one point, actually predating sync, I was thinking, I wanna kind of do a version of this which is um and kind of like grand story kind of built through a genre story in comics form and i actually came up with a story this was like 2015 i think i pitched it at the same time i was pitching sync which was, it was called braythorn lodge and it was like about a vampire that was like stalking the residents of an old folks home and like, I, I, wrote, I wrote the whole series out and scripted it this was quite a good idea but as happens like i pitched it around a couple of places and never went anywhere but I always liked that story and I liked that character. Like Chrissy Chrissy Woods was like the star of Braithorn Lodge. And I had that kind of chapter in that that went back to like 1950s Glasgow as well. And I thought it's a shame just to let that sit in the shelf. And I thought, why don't I absorb this into the world of Sync? Um, so I ended up bringing Chrissy Woods over to Sync Hill. And for anyone who read Sync Cutthroat, you'll remember that Chrissy Woods is like an old woman in that story. She's like, you know, mm-hmm. this woman in the 80s in the present day. And she's like haunted by memories of like this kind of like traumatic encounter she had as a child with what she believes what as it was a vampire. And now, like in Sync Monsters, we get to go back and see that story and see like what happened in the 1950s when she was a kid. And we actually get to set against the backdrop of an actual historical event, which is um 
in 19, the 1950s in Glasgow, can't remember the exact year, there was a massive public hysteria, much like the Blue Van Clowns thing was based on an actual public hysteria of the 1990s. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot about that. I forgot but, that. Oh, was that but in Glasgow, there was another public hysteria, <laughs> which was, was, was about Iron Tooth Jack, the Gorbo's vampire, which was like kids became convinced it was this vampire stalking the streets of Glasgow with a mouthful of like, you know, metal teeth. And so kids formed gangs and actually started occupying the necropolis, which is a big giant cemetery in Glasgow for hunting you know, in packs, hunting for this vampire. And they would they refused, they wouldn't let any adults in. They kind of took over the place themselves and became like this kind of like Roman government of children, essentially, hunting for vampires. And I always thought it was a fascinating thing that happened. Eventually it petered out after a while, but I thought that's a really interesting backdrop to set a story. So I decided to kind of fold that into um, the world of sync and kind of say what if there really was a vampire out there and like how could we filter that into kind of connecting it to the kind of blue cloud blue van clowns and this history of like strange eerie supernatural type of currencies in the city of glasgow yeah well, john, I think did, you're... john didn't you uh like you and your buddies look around for the blue uh blue van clowns yeah, um, like yeah. the wow. um, like the sing- kids in Glasgow, like yeah, young, yeah, young, team, like, young, young team, like obviously things took a more violent turn, but that is based on something that actually happened to me as a kid, which was <laughs> well, your um, nose like, looks fine. Yeah, well, so it was me and like my older cousin James, and a bunch of his friends. Um, all on one summer stayed the same. We we're going to go hunting for the blue van clowns. We so we had makeshift weapons like baseball bats and whatever and we were walking around the streets of rather rutherglen and going into glasgow and i don't know what we we're going to do if we actually found any clowns you know <laughs> something but it was like you were going to a big adventure at the time and i was young that was the furthest that we had ever been like from home in terms of like just like walking like it was my friends or my cousin's friends and then it was we ended up kind of more and more off the beaten track and like parts and stuff and we actually found a blue van and we're like Oh fuck! <laughs> and, and like it was, yeah, like, sounds about right. And, and we so we went in, and it was just like an empty van. Like you know, probably was like some place for teenagers to go shagging or something. But like you know, <laughs> we were just like an empty van with the doors open. It was like newspapers spread yeah. out. Must be all, There's know. all these weird balloons all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so, so we're, we're walking about when we found where the clowns live. We must have just we must have scared them off. And then so we went back home thinking we'd achieved something. Yeah, jeez. Every time we talk to you, John, it just makes more and more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, your grand needs a podcast and just call it Nightmare Fuel. It will be yeah, it will be a, like a, a top grand seller. watching movies together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like so, a mystery science theater. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Alex, for you in all of this, like John's writing it, of course, it's some some there's some level of experience or some historical like uh, based off some historical uh, occurrences like so he's got all this that's going through his head and he's writing it down but then he is torturing you by making you have to think about it as well and, and illustrate everything and i'm curious like how do you sleep because oh like, yeah like reading all this shit and then you have to draw it's one thing where joe and i have to see it you have to bring it to life oh come on don't, don't, he's no innocent party every time i'll do I have like he's like okay how can we Make more blood and less clothes. That seems to be like the man that. knows how to draw blood better than anybody. I real straight blood. Like that is a fact. That's fair. Yeah, the uh, the blood pressure over in uh, Glasgow is uh, is pretty high. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, there's a reason why I live in uh, in New England. You know, it's I don't have to worry about this stuff. 
um but no i mean yeah when it's it's funny when you're drawing the stuff uh, like um opposed to like reading it it's uh i i kind of notice it like any so if i if i'm watching something if or if i'm reading something or anything like that and i have nothing to do with it uh it, it'll like it'll get to me i'll worry about the characters but when you're the one in control of like all right what am i gonna do with this person or what am i gonna make this person look like it's kind of like, oh, I can do whatever I want to these guys, and I can have some fun and really mess them up. And and knowing that if it bothers me, I can then draw them on vacation. They're like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're gonna be fine. Like, uh, like I did that at the uh, 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 at the end of Road of Bones uh, with. Um, oh no. Yeah, no, we're getting yeah, there. Uh, we're gonna have the celebrity cage match oh, now. Geez, bring it up, Rich. Do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. John's gonna here. get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you call him Rick? Make it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but, you can um, find Rich and Duick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, but at the, I was gonna say at the end of that book, um, I felt like geez, these guys went so through so much. So I gave them all like a pool party, and I you know gave them all like margaritas, and they're cooking burgers on the grill, and you got like Jimmy Buffett playing the and stuff like that. So yeah, so with all this stuff, I mean it's. You know, I, for me to draw it all, it's fine. And it's always kind of like, all right, how can I mess these guys up as much as I can mess them up? And like how much, yeah, like you're saying, how much blood can, you know, puke out of these guys with a paper cut type of thing. And it's crazy. And we, it's, it's, seen- it's a blast. I love drawing it. And it's one of those like, you know, more crazy or gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on. Let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, we've seen you get vicious in Crimson Cage too, and then in your other books with He Who Must Not Be Named. But I mean, <laughs> the, the stuff in sync is oh, just... <laughs> well, there was one of them. Uh... <laughs> but, the, the stuff you do, I can't even. Unbelievable. Right, well, we're sorry. There was the, the fifth book, I think, with um, the dogs. I, I wanted to go harder on that ending, and John was like, What are you doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you remember that, John? The um, the one with the like the oh, God, the, oh, the dog um, fighting ring. Yeah, the dog fight one. Yeah. So if you remember the issue five, it's uh, oh like right, right, John right. wrote actually kind of a happy ending for that one. Yeah, yeah, happy. yeah. And I wrote him. I'm like, dude, what do you think if we just had like the dog like mauler and like rip her throat out and like and then like that book ten was if you remember um. Like that white dog story, how it finishes is like you know, um, her dog has died, been killed in this dog fighting ring, and Simon Cud to the gangster brings like the Rottweiler bastard and says like, no, you know, like you know, this guy, you know, this dog's like broken. Maybe you two damaged souls can find each other and then they right. each other. Yep. Okay. And now yep. the yeah. dog's giving them, she's giving them the big speech about how like, you know Glasgow is all about like you know people who like you know finding themselves yeah. and finding their strength and yada yada yada, and maybe we can make a go of it together. Alex's pitch for that was for the dog to then just jump and bite her throat and kill her. <laughs> like just rip her th- at, like the just rip it right out. Just <laughs> you know, and Cyber Critty just watching the whole thing like Yeah, you know, don't tell me what to do. You, <laughs> you know, were fucking made for like, each other. This is insane. Yeah. You two really were. This is that's incredible. But honestly, the crazy part is that totally makes sense for Sync. Like that would have been that ending. I did appreciate the nice ending, but that would have been perfect as well. But I think, well, I think we had like uh, four in a row yeah, that yes. were pretty dark, and yes. I think John was like, "We got to give these guys a break." Yes, <laughs> so that, I did. Pre- I do remember reading that thing. Okay, well that's nice. We got like a, a nice ending mixed in here, but yes, it's at the same time that would have. We, 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 I think we have like one nice ending per volume. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's yeah, sweet fancy Moses. Now I, I remember my the first time I read Sick. I'm going through the it's it was the end of the first issue yeah. with the fucking clowns and, and just that imagery right in the back of the van dragging that guy in absolutely scared the piss out of me and i just like it's it's still it still resonates with me alex you you i remember i was reading i was reading ice cream man and someone had said well if you think that's terrifying read hotel but read it during the day <laughs> right and i go oh jesus right so that sort of introduced me to john right and then we get crimson so but i'm reading sync and, and i'm looking at your art style and it, it absolutely it's sync is something i have to read during the day because it is just that like we talk about like different artists fitting certain genres very well and you as well as delabar you know tell each you guys fit that horror mold so well where did you develop such a horrific fucking style of art <laughs> well that one with uh, especially the clowns um and one thing i love about that first issue is like after you know, everything's gone through. And after the bit with Mr. Dig, you could probably cut it right there and it would be a satisfying comic. But um, yeah, with the clowns though, and I've said this before, like, like clowns never scared me. Like I'm not scared of clowns. I don't have a phobia clown. I didn't watch it as a kid. So it didn't, they never bothered me. I always thought they were funny. You know, they're clowns. They're, they're dopes. And um, so John had this and I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to make some clowns that would actually like, freak me out so i kind of like it i did up like a zillion sketches and um I, i'm sure i got them around here someplace but uh and um yeah and yeah so i was like i right, have a gonna have the glaswegian smile to like cut their like open but because of that like their jaws can be broken so it's gonna be a huge like like over the top like joker wishes type of smile and oh yeah there you go <laughs> and, oh um, god that's no call oh, yep there's that Yep. Jesus, yeah, that, that's, that's fucking dope. terrifying. God, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're they're good guys. They're funny. They're, they're oh so yeah, cool yeah. You know, I tried to. Like, I, 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 a ball. <laughs> I've introduced my what my wife to comics, and she's read some horror stuff. Like she's read, um, like she she likes Kill It Off, and she's read that. And I've said, like, listen, I, I Sink's really awesome, but then she sees the cover with the fucking clown. She's like, I can't. I'm out. Like, sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not. And, I've, and then I was like, okay, well, let me tell you about the, the blue van at least. And she's like, why would you think I would want to read that after I? <laughs> so was this a, was this like a style that you developed as a kid, and then your parents were like, shit, we may have to talk to someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, yeah. So a lot of like the um, yeah, as far as making them like gruesome and all that, I don't know, but um, like a lot of the gore and that type of stuff, I can tell you that was from. Uh, uh, basically from, uh, reading invincible. Um, oh. and then like watching, uh, dead alive and our brain dead and, um, uh, grindhouse and like those movies. Oh. Um, but yeah, invincible was the, um, that was the book that really got me all charged up to do comics. Cause, oh. um, uh, my brother, he was like, he's always been to comics and, um, I was kind of, I, I was into him as a kid, but then I kind of like a lot of people dropped off like in the late nineties. And then um, it was about the time, like, Sin City, the movie came out and that type of thing. Uh, I was kind of more curious about, like, all right, well, I know X-Men. I know Batman, all this stuff. But, uh, like, trying to figure out, like, some underground comics, stuff I never heard of, like. Mm -hmm. And um, 
My brother gave me uh, went out bought me two trades and said, "Read these two, and you'll be happy." One was Invincible, and the other was uh, uh, maybe uh, I don't know. I didn't get into that one, but uh, <laughs> and I was like, it was the first round. I was like, okay, this is fine. And but about that point, uh, the Vultramite War uh, thing was going on there, and he was like, "Check this one out." And it was specifically a shot of uh, I'm going to forget the, the main bad guy putting his arm through Invincible's dad and mm. bloody guts puking out of him. And at that point, like in my head was, I was still thinking like, you know, Wolverine. Yeah. He's got the claws, but he never does anything with them. Like, he'll, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. he'll slash a guy, but they'll just fall over. And not until recently. Yeah. Yeah, not, not until Benjamin Percy got his hands on. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, some of that's crazy. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen that. That's just nuts. But, but uh, so, yeah, so that was the one I remember seeing that panel. I was like, you can do this. Like I can go that, that hard because um, mm. like at that point I was doing animation and nothing was really clicking with that. And I was actually in the works of trying to figure out a really gory over the top animation. And I was going to do this whole thing with like, I had this blood and guts planned out. And I'm like, I was going to use hamburger and all this crap, but anyways, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and I saw that I was like, Oh, this might be like good for comics. So I really got into drawing like, like let's do this like har R rated, uh, like all the top gruesome stuff and um and it just kind of happened to work out into sync and like oh i can do that right here but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it is it has worked out really fucking well that's that's for damn sure i mean this again it's like all the stuff we've been seeing from you is amazing and of course you know bringing it back to to the campaign itself like we joe and i can't wait to get i'm surprised joe hasn't asked you john already for uh advanced like pages of uh, of this 12 and 13 because he always does that with everybody um, I'm, gonna, but, I'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask for free stuff don't don't worry okay sorry i'm sorry i don't mean to hold your spot my bad my bad so john with um with you know issues 12 and 13 for of sync we already heard a little bit about how your grand has had a level of influence on this story we've heard about how there's like some historical background going on with this as well is there anything else that you can tell us about the pages of sync right now without necessarily oh, yeah scoring. i'll tell you but i can tell you all about sync monsters plot wise and things that are going on i'm going to assume some level of familiarity generally speaking with um sync um, please do anyone yes. who's i don't know if not you should go read it it's quite good to hear um <laughs> stop listening to the show right now and go get it and then come back yeah but, but <laughs> sync in general is a um a kind of pulp crime horror series set and Sink Hill, which is this nightmarish district of Glasgow populated by occult gangsters, roaming gangs of youths, fox mass vigilantes, crazy bandwell and clowns, and all the regular people that have to live alongside them. It's kind of an anthology style series. Um, but most recently, this current arc um, has become a bit more connected because at the end of the previous chapter, um, a dead kid showed up um with a big bite out of his neck. This kid, Robbie Carmichael, and this kid's death has kind of reverberations. Um, throughout Sink Hill and kind of becomes part of a larger narrative that connects some of the upcoming stories. So we've got a kind of double bill um, in Sink Monsters. The first story um, is called The Monkey's Ball, which is about Cy McCurdy. And Cy McCurdy has been kind of a figure on the fringes of Sink ever since the beginning. He started off as an off-panel presence, being mentioned in hushed tones by other characters. Then he finally showed up at the end of Volume 1. He's kind of like the kingpin of Glasgow. Well, you're the dickheads, right? Yep, he's, he runs the dickheads and the whole kind of crime <laughs> enterprise that kind of populates Sink Hill. Not just the dickheads, the witnesses, the enforcers, the ghosters, all these people are all underneath um, Cy McCurdy. 
But like as we've seen him, he's not necessarily what you think of a kind of, a kind of fearsome crime boss. He's kind of a bit quirky in some ways. He seems a bit friendly, depending on who you're talking to, even charming. Um, and but he can turn menacing like an eclect. And so we've seen him like from the perspective of other people, but we've never actually seen what goes on in Simon McCurdy's head. What's a regular day like for Simon McCurdy? <laughs> and that's what uh, the first chapter in this series is. Essentially, it's like uncut gems or um, the long Good Friday or stuff like that. But it's like a nightmare, kind of a day in the life and what could possibly go wrong. But it's like Simon McCurdy has all these things going on, all these fires he has to put out in St. Kill. And just at this point, his boss... Who runs like kind of like the whole UK and the United Kingdom's underworld network? This guy, the Duke, who's like the most odious, repellent character ever I've ever written. He's a like, wanted yeah. to make like the ultimate Tory and just like put him in a comic. Um, so um, this this guy has come up from England, he's lording it over. Um, so I think I'm the real boss. He kind of takes over his house and says, Well, this is mine now. Um, and he's essentially like you can tell he kind of has a disdain for Simon Curdy. Like Simon Curdy was kind of like his father's employee, like you know, and he's kind of inherited him. It doesn't really like him. He wants any excuse to replace him. So like, I've got my eye on you. I want to make sure. Like all these things have gone wrong. Because if you think about it, everything that's happened in sync up at this point must look pretty disastrous on Simon mm-hmm. Curdy's resume. You have um, Florence Colcomb came back into town and burned down one of Simon Curdy's businesses. You've had. Mm-hmm. Um, his dog, his dog fighting ring gets shut down by him. Um, <laughs> you've got um, like the whole enterprise with graphite green was another unmitigated disaster because it suddenly turned around and became a fortress that Mister Dig is occupying with various um, residents of Sink Hill. So, hmm. from the perspective of the Duke, he's like, "You're failing very badly. I'm going to have to come up here and examine closely what's going on." And right at that precise moment, um, a really important artifact that the Duke wants to have close to him for safekeeping also goes missing. Um, yeah. So Simon McCurdy has to kind of start, you know, hunting down what's happened to this while dealing with like various like interconnected kind of gang rivalries and his turf, trying to deal with the estrangement from Emma, um, who was the character they encountered back in Volume One. And also, like, he's hearing about Florence, Florence Combs asking for him, and you know, so he's trying to duck that. And on top of that, his henchman's lost his cat, and he's having to find the missing cat as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like a hundred different things all going on at once, which all, all somehow can become connected by the end of the story. Uh, um, and it was a lot of fun, right? This kind of um, arc, um, kind of like kind of put Simon McCurdy on the back foot a little bit, see like what happens when he's under pressure rather than being the one that's exerting the pressure. So that was a lot of fun. And but. We have bubbling in the background, like I say, this mystery of this kid that died and what's this all about? What's this thing about the Gorbo's vampire, Arpith Jack? And then that feeds into the next story, which then jumps from the present day back to the distant past, the 1950s Glasgow, we learn of the origins of the Gorbo's vampire and how this missing kid um, or this kid that died in the present day isn't the first kid to die that way. A whole <laughs> bunch of kids died the same way, like 70 years earlier. Um, and then so also maybe maybe these two different stories are actually one big story, and how is that the case? Oh jeez, I'm gonna have to li- read Damn. that first issue while listening to the Beatles a day in the life, right? <laughs> Just to kind of <laughs> keep it upbeat, you know. As, as I see Simon McCurdy, I was, I'm assuming gonna get something bad's gonna gonna happen to him, but I'll be fine. <laughs> when we we've we've had well, last time we had John on to talk <clears throat> about sync, I remember he talked about one of his his favorite scenes from the story up to that point was <laughs> the dildo duo uh, and, 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 that, and that whole story. 
uh alex one of the things i wanted to ask you because it's the first the first opportunity we've had you've had you on the show is up to this point that could be that could include what you know what what's coming out with with, with monsters what has been you know your favorite thing to draw because there's been a ton of images that you've created throughout this series like i said for me it's the one that stands out to me is that first at the end of that first book with the with the clowns and the blue van and that and that poor kid who just wants to get home but what has been your one of your favorite things to draw holy smokes um uh, that's a good question uh, uh real quick let me tell you something about that uh that the whole dildo fight <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, the funny thing with that one was um i had just uh, like we my family gotten we, into we, a dildo we, fight <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here, you and Uncle Buck, that's how you yeah, want to see the So, uh, me and my brother Buck, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, so we just uh moved up to uh, Vermont, and I was that was the first issue I drew in the place I'm at now, my in my home up here. And the thing is, across the street is an elementary school, <laughs> and like literally across my son goes there now. And oh so I'm drawing this and I can like, I can hear like the bell ringing and kids going and I'm like this issue, <laughs> specifically this one. And I was like, oh, this is a great uh, way to introduce myself to the town. This will go down, you know, just the I'm a weirdo. If I'm, the, if I'm the class of each and go, you're the drawn board deviant. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope there's not a Miss Crudgel up there wherever you are in uh, Vermont. My goodness. Stanley's going to find you real quick. My God, that's crazy. Yeah, oh, so I, I, get, I get some looks, but uh, some people are very friendly all of a sudden. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, I got pineapples. I had that same yeah. I go to the store like pineapple, sir. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Santa keys get passed along the counter. I see you're getting pineapple in the very large sausage again, sir. Very good. Vaseline. Uh, But uh, but like some of the, I mean, there's so much. That's the thing with Sink. It's so much fun. Uh, There's a ton of fun stuff to draw in there. Like the character of the Duke, John just mentioned. That guy's a blast to draw. It's just like he's just gruesome looking. And he's got like this humongous wig that he's got on and all the stuff, and just I mean, uh, he's he's he's, he's that's a great example of like writer artist um collaboration and how like Alex can take an idea and make it better. Because like when I'd written the Duke, who I had in my head was like I'd imagined like Tim Roth and Rob Roy, like you know that kind of like smarmy little kind of like you know. And then Alex was like, why don't we just make him just repel like a bloated corpse, like with like, horrible skin and boils all over him, and like and just took that character and just put him to the next level where he's like instantly like just yeah. identifiable and like really like just horrid and I just take like um like what was the guy in uh the mad max fury road oh uh, martin the main bad guy like take martin take Joe. that dude but give him like a good 17th century english or uh, 18th century english vibe <laughs> to him uh but yeah. Bus- yeah. Busman bob uh, he he was probably the first one that got me. I think he was the first one I drew for the he series. Was the, the very first drawing you ever drew, first yeah. thing was oh wow, and yeah. Because I just I thought that was really cool. Uh, I was like, oh, that's that'll be fun. So I I yeah, I drew that. I'm like, John, this is what I'm thinking things will look like. And then I also, think your first response was, like, uh, "We drive on the other yeah. side of the road, pal." <laughs> oh yeah, that was the, okay. He sent he sent me the he sent me bus man board. I was like, that's great, but it, the. Bus just has to be flipped around because we drive on the other side of the road in Glasgow. <laughs> um, a little teaser for the next campaign after Sick Monsters is 
Gundo's going to be our boss man, Bob's story. Yep. See, this is where I asked for the free stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. It, seriously, talking about this again with you guys, like I didn't need to reread sync for this conversation, but now talking about everything is like, God, I need to, I, I'm going to do it ahead of 12 and 13, but it's like now I need to like move this up in terms of priority because this is. Yeah, I've already just, started. Uh, so I'm trying to reread sync every week, to be honest. You, yeah, yeah. You should buy a new copy every time you do it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, make sure you buy a new copy every time you read it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Specifically from us, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, but on on this note of like the favorite thing for Alex to 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 draw, John, from from specifically the, the you know Sync Monsters issues 12 and 13, can you tell us, like uh, give us an idea of what your favorite thing that Alex has brought to life uh in these pages that we're gonna be getting out of these 64? I think like that for me it's just like all of it's gonna be really cool. Like I think like right now, just seeing like all the stuff with like the Duke and interactions with Sai McCurdy. There's like one sequence in here. Um and I can watch I can spoil it because it's been drawn, it's in you know, like it's in the preview that's shared, yeah. but it's like the scene where the Duke kind of like does like the piss in the pot. Um, which I just think like which was like so perfectly like um realized. Because you can see it's like um the jukes in the foreground and like size in the background and like size actually framed by the piss stream that's like coming in. <laughs> and, and like for me it's just like and, it, and like, that beat of just pure contempt that you can see in like Simon Curtis' face, like for the least, it's just like you know, like perfectly realized thing. He's like a great job in that. You know, I if I remember correctly, I'm through it spotty, like he's got a he's got a problem, he's got a force. Yeah. Oh wow. God, <laughs> you guys are a twisted pair. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Sickos so, from Sync. We're just yeah. doing the games today. So yeah, yeah. Alliterations. Stop we're going to have more. I'm going to have a business card. It's like this long. Just yeah. that. <laughs> so, so, so now we're, we're getting vampires into the mix, which should, should make Sinkhole an even more interesting place. And you talk about sort of the plans that you have for, for future, you know, issues. What are some of the other monsters without, you know, Again, I'm I'm asking for all the free shit here possible. What what are some of the other monsters? What are some of the other you know things that you have in store? You know for the next you know series uh, of issues of Sync. Um, I don't really want to give too much away. Oh, um, come on, beyond, just like, a little bit. Like, but I will, I will say that um, there isn't any abrupt left turns here then this isn't stuff that's just coming out of the blue if you go back to the early issues and you'll read like you know some of the stuff that's going on in there some of the stuff that people are dreaming about some of the things that seem like this is all stuff that's all connected this isn't just random color like, this, this is all relevant and right from the beginning this is stuff that i've been seeding in that's going to become part of like the larger story so if you want to like find out like what's coming ahead Go back and read what's happened already. You'll okay. get some hints about where things. Nice. Are. So, so Smart, with man. with with vampires in the mix, and you and you sort of talked about there being some, you know, some some lore there to it, and why we're going back in time. How fucked up did Alex make these vampires? Well, you've, you've got you've got a little taste of it, of it. like um, we've seen like, and one of the things as well is like, there's going to be different phases to Iron Tooth Jack, where it's like you know. There's like one like we've we've seen like I've seen like kind of like the shadows and the kind of silhouettes and you've seen kind of the snippets of them, but there's like more to them like than what you think in a first glance. Like you know, so it's gonna be interesting like to see how the different phases of Iron Tooth Jack kind of get realized on the page. Um, but yeah, and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. 
Uh, these look great. Like the stuff that we've just seen in the campaign and obviously what we've seen from you guys in the past, we know this is going to kick ass from an art standpoint too. And, and Alex, on that note, I mean, we've talked about how like Sin Killer itself is just, is a, is a fucking monster. Like in, in its own, it's a character and it's amazing. And that's why like, we, we just look at it and think like, like what is this story is never going to end. We would hope. Yeah. Uh, but that's a conversation for maybe another day or maybe later. I don't know. But like with, with this, like you go from having, these horrifying monsters, like whether it's the vampires or the clowns, we joke about the, the the dildo couple, but like you have this sexually promiscuous couple that you go and draw that as well. And then you have like, you have Mr. Dig, who's like this badass character who like, I'm like, I, I you could just, obviously you guys did just focus on Mr. Dig. And it's like, you could do that even more too, because you, you, you just have so much going on. And I, I'm curious for you, is that like, um, is that a challenge in any capacity going from like vigilante to like, some weird sexually promiscuous stuff to, to then this create these crazy horrifying monsters, or does it all kind of just flow naturally in like a fairly easy part of the process for you? Honestly, it all just kind of flows. It's just uh, each issue is kind of just its own kind of adventure in this town. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, it, it all, it just, it's kind of like, all right, what, what is John cooked up this time? And wow. um and it's gonna, and, and that happens anytime you start a new book, anyways, because I'm, I'm always working on like two or three books at a time. So it's, it's impressive. It's, it's how a matter of shifting gears. It's just yeah. like it's a matter of shifting gears. And if you, and if it's not clicking, just toss on some mood music or whatever. Or, and uh, yeah, you get you get in the mindset pretty easy. Uh, and, I, and besides, the way I do it anyway, like before I do a drawing, like before I get a page going, um, I'll like get up and like act it all out and like. With like photo <laughs> booth on my uh my computer, Next I'll be like, school. all right, I'm gonna like he's gonna be like this. I'm gonna punch like. Hmm. And John's even commented like once in a while once these guys will like look like me and I'm like oh I wasn't supposed but to. Yeah, I'll tell you this one. <laughs> but like I'll I'll use myself as a model all the time. So <laughs> if I'm like all right, I gotta get used to. In this There's only one character in issue two. Um, <laughs> and it's, issue two, I was my my son was just born for issue two. Show, so yeah, like, he opens the door and you can see. Is it, yep. like, oh, yeah. oh wow! See Alex's face in that. Yeah, he's wow. yeah. a handsome fellow. Yeah. yeah, maybe yeah. if I don't put the beard on, he'll not know. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, on, on a similar note, John, like again, as we're like kind of going through, you know, past stories from Sync and everything. Again, it's like it's making me want to go back and read it right as soon as we're done, you know, recording this conversation. But I'm from a like a writing standpoint, it just you have so many different levers that you can pull and so many different stories you can tell. I mean, you guys are going back to the bus driver, you know, late, we're finding this out. It's going to be in, in later volumes of thinking. And I'm just curious for you, you ha- and you've gone and written other stuff that's not that Alex hasn't drawn yet, isn't uh, you know available to people. But I'm curious, is it overwhelming at all in any way, like figuring out exactly where you want to go next? Because you have it seems like you have endless options with St. Cal. I mean, it's a bit daunting um, where it's like, um, obviously, like, when we first started off, it was like, let's do a series of, like, little one-shots. And even and back at the start, I had an idea of the bigger picture, but I didn't, like, know it in, like, full, like, realized details. So I was, like, throwing in some little things, going, here's some little breadcrumbs that I can develop later. Here's some things I can do. And, like, and then, like, obviously, things got bigger and bigger to the point where, like, you know, um you've written all these issues but at a certain point and this is going to happen not too far from now like the, the world keep on getting bigger and bigger and you keep on throwing out threads but eventually you've got to start bringing the threads together and going what's the big picture here where's it all going mm. and 
that's like, you know, when I've started working on and thinking, okay, so I've put all this into the world, I've done all this world building, what I'm a building, and I've started to kind of pull this together into shape, into, you know, and like, although it's not, it's a long while away from happening yet, like, I can now start to see, like, this is the end game, this is like, what this story is going to be, um, and like, I do know, like, you know, I do, like, and it's got this thing where, like, part of me wants to just keep on doing the sync forever, but also, like, I know, like what the, I, I know like with how this ends, I know like what the final chapter is going to be called. I've already got the final chapter title in my head, and I've been thinking about like the last chapter. And so you know, it's one of these things where like it's basically after being this wild free flowing thing, the more you develop a world, the more you live in it, the more you start, the more it starts to take shape, and the more you start to see it. Like, oh, that's the story I was telling all along, and this is where this is going to be. This is quite a fascinating process. And I think one of the, the fun things about Sync, though, is that is that level of variety where, for me, like one of the biggest tests of the whole series wasn't issue one, it was issue two, because issue one has like Mr. Dick, it has Bossman Bob, it has the clowns, it has the dickheads, it has this really visually exciting stuff. And then issue two, so about if you, if you really had everyone hooked with issue one, the pick up issue too has none of that. It's just like a really downbeat kind of story about this woman disposing of a dead body. It has none of yeah. that iconography. But people stuck with that as well. And that was kind of the big test, but it's like this is yeah, Mr. Diggs the big standout character. Yes, the clown's the standout character, but Sync is more than just them. Like it's also Simon McCurdy or it's Florence Colcomb or it's Kieran and Louise. You know, it's it, you have all these different characters where and like for example, Sync Monsters, um, doesn't have Mr. Digging at all. I probably shouldn't say this because in case it starts to move from like people have already pledged, John. You're good. <laughs> but, no, Mr. Dig doesn't show up in this at all. Like, you know, like people are asking, is Mr. Digging this? Like, no, he nearly died and Dig he's he's Yeah, I'm look, I love Mr. Dig. He but he's my favorite character, but Sink is so much more than Mr. Well, Sink Dig. is a character in and of itself. That's the character I love the most. hundred yeah. percent. There's no question. And also, speaking of that, too, you can end it like in the, the present day stuff, sure, but you guys can always like turn back the clock like you don't need well, to just stop that, now I mean, that's the fun thing of it even if like you know let's say the, the nature of the world of sync means i wouldn't swear because um <laughs> but the nature of sync <laughs> is that like we can have even if we wrap up this big meta story that's kind of taking shape um and let's say we have end the series sync the format is one shots and standalone tales. We could come back and do like little one stories with this guy or that guy, like you know. So it's something you could always come back to. And I like to think, like maybe years down the line, like you know, maybe you know, like maybe like when Alex is off doing Marvel, DC, or conquering the world, whatever it is, like you know, if we can only come back here and there, and we have the chance, we can always can come back and do a sync story here and there, and hopefully we can always have fun revisiting that world. Yeah, well, see, I, I wanted to like do it like the Simpsons, just run it in the ground, <laughs> just keep going and going until we've like it's yeah. all credibility is gone, and then keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that, yes, it's good as well. If, if there's like a movie adaptation or something, they go, yeah, we'll just keep on making it forever. Then yeah, we will. We'll just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just delete this interview but i said it was a clear ending in mind no, there we is, go is it you alex that always uses the bart simpson gif you know i am so great yep yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i love it <laughs> Any, anytime anybody gives me a compliment i just yeah I, it's, it's everybody loves me i am right. so great <laughs> so one of the things uh is that when it comes to kickstarter right there's a bunch of different campaigns and, and and some you know i think are more successful than others in terms of not in terms of being funded but just sort of 
how they're put together and how they're sent out and all that stuff. And and what you guys have done with, you know, Comics Tribe, it, it is a well-oiled machine. Whenever you guys, you know, announce a title, it funded and, and it gets sent out, it's just bang, 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 bang. The process is great. And what I was wondering, though, is that, are there any plans in the future to either, you know, republish or re-release Sync through a different publisher, say, you know, a dark horse or an image or vault or whatever, sort of like what we see a lot of these times with, with people in their Substack uh, comics. Um, to be honest, like, um, that's never really came up. I mean, I will say, like, you know, Tyler James at Comics Tribe is like the first guy who would probably be like, if like Image knocked on our doors and went, oh yeah, we want to publish, thank you. Tyler probably the guy, the first guy telling you, oh yeah, you should go do that. But like, it's never really came up. And to be honest, like, I'm, I'm, I'll always be happy having at least like one foot like in like the comics tribe waters because like they, the guys supported me like back when I was nobody. Like the comics tribe got me into comics to publish my first comic, The Standard, which sold about thirteen copies. <laughs> and, I got two. And then, like, <laughs> and, like you know, and like they published and then then we was gone and like, they've been a big supporter. Like in you know the obviously it's like the comics tribe who I'm I'm the front man like beating the drum but like the machine the machinery of these massively successful Kickstarter campaigns is Tyler at Comics Tribe. So like as long like you know as um Tyler wants to keep on going I'm happy to keep on going with like you know Tyler. Um and like you know hopefully like obviously Tyler's always thinking of new plans and stuff. Like I do hope that like you know we can think of ways to expand the reach of sync i would like to you know get it into the bookstore market like you know have back on like you know like you know, you know he's done a couple of reprints but you know anytime we can do more reprints and new editions i'm up for that as well like ways to all, all i want like is for whoever the publisher is like all i want for any of my books is that if someone hears about this comic and go oh, i want to buy that that they can then easily buy it and it's not like an epic mm-hmm. quest you know to like find you know, the hidden treasure of whatever to try and track down this comic like you know it shouldn't be rocket science to pick up a book that you want to read so as long as like comics tribe is able to keep on like you know getting like the book in the places where it needs to be and in the hands of people that want it then i'm all for continuing that partnership well that's the that's a beautiful thing about what, you, what comics tribe does with this kickstarter campaign it makes it so easy for people and, and fairly inexpensive for people to get caught up so if if, if someone's listening to this and they go, well, that sounds fucking awesome. And they've never read, uh, you know, an issue of Sync before. You can go on and you can get like a hard copy of Monsters and then get the digital copies of the yeah, past I'll, issue yeah, and have I'll, it all at your fingertips. I will say, like, you know, and another great touch from Comics Tribe is they've made a super easy link yeah. redirection to the Kickstarter page. Go to comicstribe.com forward slash sync and you will be redirected to the Kickstarter page. And there you can pick up the latest. Editions like monsters, or you can get a digital backup, or you can get a full print set of like volume one, volume two, dig, cutthroat. Um, you can get the whole edition, and it's and what's really cool seeing that little graphic. Here's your reading order, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. And like, so you can get all caught up in the series. And like, so if you've been if you're on the fence, so you've maybe 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 like you've heard read some of my other stuff, you've never read Sync, or you you'd go, Who the fuck's this Scottish guy you blabbering away? Like I'm only here for I'm only here for Nick and Dot. Like you know, you know, so maybe but maybe you're maybe you're listening to us talking, you're thinking, Oh yeah, Sync sounds cool. 
it's super easy to get on board. Um, you can get them through the you can get to do the Kickstarter campaign, which is running for another couple of weeks, or you can go on to Comics Tribe's website, which is um, I think sync.comicstribe.com takes you to their online store where you can buy sync stuff. Or if you're based in the UK, or even if you're based in the US and don't mind paying a shit ton of shipping, you can <laughs> go to my website, which is johnleescomics.bigcartel.com, and I've got all the back catalogue of things. I'll sell it to you directly myself and send you, you know, a signed postcard in there with a personalised message to it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's plenty of ways to get your hands on sync. Um, and it has been on Amazon and stuff in the past as well. I'm trying to get it back on. Well, that's, that's how I first got it. I think I just got it, the first two volumes digitally, and then yeah. when the... Um, Cutthroat ca- uh, campaign came out. That's how I got caught up on all the physical copies, mm-hmm. um, and then all Same. the other like things that you guys like the stretch goals that you had in there. I've got some of those metal trading cards, oh. which are awesome. You know, so this good, campaign, dude. I went in and I added the Mister Dig standy uh, stand up for my desk. Um, so just so much great stuff that you can get through this campaign, and I, I would I would say honestly for a very reasonable price. Yeah. yeah, and so, it, it, if you think that's cool, there's like some really cool sync related swag that's all in the planning stages for future campaigns. Watch this space. That's yeah. awesome. That, and also, just to, to highlight some of the stretch goals, so we've already surpassed the Mr. D- Dig acrylic standee, which I got to get make sure I secure that as well. But Joe's already secured that. We're almost at the point where the two uh, was it twenty two and a half thousand dollar. Stretch goal. I can't freaking numbers, man. Um, <laughs> the the we're getting some scripts here. So for anybody who's interested in getting into comics writing or or, or being a comic book artist or anybody that just you know loves the behind the scenes yeah, stuff, you you too can feel the pain of Alex Cormack by you know <laughs> of seeing my long winded like Yeah, it's and and then after that, then another trading card gets added to the mix because we're already getting if you're getting a physical version i believe you're already getting three more trading cards on top of because I, I got yeah, i did the same thing as to the mix and then I think i'm the so thing. glad you do the cards because they're so it's so fucking awesome man like i wish you know like obviously with like the marvel cards as a kid and like, i just love to see that with other publishers too because it's like especially with just covers just take the the kick-ass covers that you put out and then just make them cards like i know you guys did more than that but it's just yeah. it's awesome yeah, no, I think it's really cool. I think it's like a really kind of innovative touch. I think, like, you know, Tyler, like, you know, I think likes to shift things around with, like, the direction of the marker, what audience are saying. And well, the big thing for Kickstarters always used to be including, like, prints, like, you know, art prints and stuff. And I think art prints are cool, but, like, nobody has any space anymore, like, you know, for, like... And so for me, like, and I think, and I kind of had this feeling, like, that, you know, in the, and I think I've seen other campaigns doing this, which is the optimum size for me for an art print is small enough to fit inside the book so that then like for me like rather than something that you're not going to put on your wall and it's going to get stuck in a drawer somewhere the ideal size of a print would be something that can go inside the book so that like when you take out the book you can then enjoy the art prints at your leisure mm-hmm. then put them back away like you know so like thinking along similar lines like tyler saying what, what would we have like little cards instead like you know like, people love trading cards and stuff so i think it makes you know i think that's a really kind of clever concept it's really kind of shows how adaptable and smart he is hundred percent, and also you don't want to be displaying too much of Alex's art in your home because people, especially are the marital aids, you know, yes. whipped around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like I'll tell you now, like you know, like I, I'm a very proud Alex Cormack. I've got so much of his artwork all over, like you know, in my house. But like, I, I, I say, like get get your marital aids out there. All and well, I think I think the woman that raised the number you, one, like top. <laughs> I, I've said this before. My number one top dream merch 
or sink would be like a replica bed pug. I could put on my phone. <laughs> oh my god. Let's make some phone calls. Let's make some that, phone calls. That would be the ultimate stretch goal, a stretch and more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. And double wide, right? <laughs> My goodness! Oh, oh man! I'll, I'll I'll grab a football, paint it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't actually be using it unless I got really bored. I mean, we just like a conversation to go on the ship. He's drawing that in the next issue. It's just somebody just putting a football, <laughs> a Jets football, right up there. There you go. <laughs> My God! Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, off the rails. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, Joe, I wanted to sneak in some. We wanted to sneak in some nasty stuff for no, the nasty, yeah, not nasty. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was not deliberate. I meant the nasty from Vault <laughs> Comics, but yes, that was a slip of the tongue. But did yeah. you have anything else for uh, for the guys before we we move over to the nasty? Oh, I'm just I'm just waiting for 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 uh, John to create a character named the Breakfast Bitch. Uh, you know, for, for is that your call. character? Is that the one you pitched to him? <laughs> well, it's, it's apparently it's a breakfast spot that he's been dying oh, to go no, to, and no, I said excuse, that would be. Excuse, a... excuse you, it's not breakfast bitch, it's biscuit bitch. Oh, biscuit bitch! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pardon me. Still, great name for a character in sinkhole. <laughs> yeah, no, I think a food critic called the breakfast bitch. Yeah, yeah. Right. I got some ideas. I'll. Uh, we'll, we'll yeah. talk <laughs> You're gonna make it a little too twisted. We found out, Alex. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm just gonna put some biscuits on that football. Um, but we, I mentioned the nasty, and I'm not just talking about the conversation that we're having surrounding sync. But the nasty is John's title over at Vault Comics, and we actually had John on when that that uh, story first began over at Vault. Uh, Joe and I were able to get secure uh, early looks at the seventh issue of the Nasty, which that's going to be coming out shortly after this drops over on the uh, on the twenty eighth of February. And uh, I mean, this the series has been so much fun, John, and also been like a little disturbing, a little fucked up. But it's also like you you shared with us when we had you on a while back about how this was like again at about a point in time with um, with Glasgow or with Scotland or was it all of Britain, like they had to deal with like the yeah, nasty. The, the whole of the UK had this massive like um moral panic that was going on. Um, I'm sure I told I talked to you guys about it about the last time I was on. Yeah, but, like the whole video nasties moral panic was something that was like essentially it was like the you know like the British left hand to like the American right hand of the satanic panic, which was both countries, the US and the UK had conservative governments who didn't want to deal with the actual problems facing the country, so they wanted to have like a easy, easy boogeyman to point the blame towards. So, the, so in the case of the UK, it was um, horror movies and the people who made them and sold them and distributed them, um, and that ended up being like, as I say, like so, it ended up people were getting prosecuted, people were getting their lives ruined over this, um, and it was a real kind of like microcosm of and like and I, I touch on this like when I talk an issue six of the nasty when um, Deb talks about how the conservative government the fucking tories um were like holding um like special big screenings like for all of the in the party yeah like, yeah movies and were ripping and laughing and cheering and boasting about how brave they were to watch these movies and then go around and ban them because because they are good we can handle this because we are classy, sophisticated, intelligent people but the fucking yep. idiot commoners the plebs they could manage it, it would just 
break their minds. So we're going to have to choose to censor it for their own good. And for me, like that just makes me like really angry. Um, and I, I think I remember hearing like someone saying like the biggest collection of like pornography and like you know and like extreme horror movies in the UK was like held in Westminster because like they were <laughs> and like so like and I think it's just a fast, it's just, like a fascinating snapshot of history. Like it's the kind of thing that I think like would be great fodder for a movie and a movie hasn't really been done about it like the whole thing got resolved and this is a true story the whole thing got resolved when or at least it was a turning point was to try to make a test case so that they could then like ban arbitrarily like all these movies essentially like off the bat and like criminalize anyone who'd ever released them and the test case they chose was the evil dead and <laughs> So they went so they had this big trial, I think it was with some county in like Nottingham or Hull or something like this. And Sam Raimi actually came to um the UK to try and testify on his behalf because he was disgusted by it. they wouldn't let him testify because he said it wasn't relevant. But what the lawyers eventually um did was they had they hosted a screening of the evil dead for the jury and the judge judge and said if you if you think this movie is obscene after watching it, then okay, like we give it an obscenity charge and like we'll have it all banned. And they screened this, they held a screening of this movie, the trial, and the audience and the like, jury and the judges all loved it and said like you know <laughs> this isn't obscene. And because of this, like after actually watching the movie, um, they ended up overturning it all, and that was how things started to get recovered a bit. Uh, you know, I I already like the Evil Dead. I, I didn't know that's how it all got resolved. Um, but I mean, that, you know, I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't I mean, like all resolved at that point. There was still lingering stuff well into the late nineties. Like I remember, nineteen ninety nine, I think it was, was the first time that you could watch The Exorcist in UK TV. And I I watched the first screening of it after hearing oh, about this movie for years. And was it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Like, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was another one. Was the first I watched the first UK screening of that because I wasn't allowed to hear on UK TV or be allowed on home video. So, um, so, so it's, I think it's a fascinating snippet of history that I wanted to kind of like work into a story. And again, if Sync is personal, perhaps the only thing I've ever written, which is even more personal than Sync, is the nasty. Hmm. Um, and so, because it's like that's it. even like when I see like Rutherglen, like maybe Glasgow's appeared in other stories. I don't think Rutherglen has ever appeared in a comic book, but that's like my hometown. Oh. And so it was nice to kind of work that into a story. And so, yeah, like the basic premise of the nasty is it's set in 1990s Rutherglen in Scotland in the waning days of the video nasties model panic. This guy, Thumper Connell, who's a kind of like hot, you know, lonely, horror loving teenager. <laughs> who still sees his childhood imaginary friend, who is the star of his favourite slasher movie, um, this giant hulking slasher called Red Ennis. And awesome. um, Thumper and his pals decide they want to try like, and make their own horror movie following a disastrous attempted screening of a notorious band video nasty. And things have escalated from there to the point we're at in issue seven. And so, yeah, like, it's, just, it's quite interesting because like this was it was fun getting to tell a story over eight issues and a different type of story from the one I normally get to tell and by this point in the narrative like things are this is probably the kind of the closest the series gets like a horror issue in terms of like the, the peril and the menace and stuff but also like the see this issue has some big emotional beats that I feel like have and it only kind of like I think we needed that time leading up to this for those emotional beats to land the way they do. I'm not sure if you'd saw on Twitter or like there's actually a page in this issue which actually like when I saw the artwork for it um, the Adam Cahoon and Kurt 
Michael Russell the colorist had put together actually made me tear up a wee bit and I'd written the thing I knew it was happening but just seeing like, you know, how like you know much did how much more impactful they'd made it and, you know just hit like a sledgehammer like and like I was like just like you know well this is, this is the great thing about partnerships and comics that you know you can be surprised by your own stories sometimes and like you know and it's like it's it kind of awesome. like wasn't to us seen that because it was all this is the story was all this is the heart of the story right here and I'm really excited for to check out this chapter because I say I think this is like you know um I, where it feels it really hits a lot of kind of climactic beats so if you've been enjoying the series up to this point i think like this chapter see alex he's working with other people too don't feel yeah, so bad right you know i don't like it either <laughs> <laughs> but i, I was an open relationship pineapples everywhere but i was i was gonna say you know echo those same sentiments uh, you know because i i read issue seven and what i what i you know what's great about the nasty is that i don't have to necessarily read this one solely in the day right this is it's, it's a far different story than say sink and, and hotel and and crimson cage and so this I, I don't know if i would necessarily call it like a coming of age kind of story but it's you know yeah right and so it's 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 had a little bit different pace it's had a little bit different feel there's been some levity at times but this particular issue like it's been a nice slow build to this moment where for the first time i'm getting that sort of you know jason-esque feel to sort of what's been going on and then it does have that that really nice emotional moment um and i know you said that this book in general has been it's been uh very personal for you did that did that particular scene that you're referencing was did that you know does that come from a personal space for you or is that just you know the story that you wrote and, and the character. I, I think yeah, although like Thumper and me do have like a lot in common in some ways, that wasn't necessarily going like you no, know, this is me. That was mainly me thinking like oh, where this is like this feels like the natural end point for this character, not end point for another chapter, but it feels like a natural climatic point for this character on their, in their arc. And I think it felt just natural, like the kind of like the, the writing of the story led me to that point. Um, you know, so I'd say like you know. Not necessarily me, but like you know, it did resonate with me in some ways. Yeah, yeah. it was an excellent it's, issue. It, I, I love what you've done with with Red Ennis, and um, and also I love the little Easter egg that's in uh, the nasty issue seven too. We, we, I won't say what it is, but uh, I think your your loyal readers are gonna really appreciate. Oh that. yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I won't mention it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he, he maybe maybe he won't. I don't know, but um, but I um, with the thing I think that's been my favorite bit in this whole series obviously they're making this movie the whole time and was it is it it was issue five or issue four issue five five. (laughs) yeah we actually see it as like it's all like kind of like coming come together and everything and of course we got the bully who's a freaking terrible actor um and and all of it and i'm like god what the hell's going on with this guy and it's like oh they're gonna edit it later and or but like also there's some terrible acting and like horror movies too so it very much fits it's it felt so real as i was watching this because it's like okay maybe some of the concepts are good but like this girl's like she's a teenager she's never written anything and her dialogue's like has its moments where it's like yeah and i just i loved it and then on top of that what brings it all together is like i feel like i'm watching it like on the screen it was crazy was that something that you like going into it wanted to be done or is that something that your artist brought to the table oh yeah no i think like that was definitely like i mean i was thinking how to frame it how to stage it i was thinking like you know like, i want this to look like it's like a really badly shot like 80s horror movie so i was talking about you can't have in too many dynamic angles here because i can imagine this is just like someone holding a camera like you know so like that was kind of part of the description i think like, the big kind of like the low-key mvp 
of like this issue. Obviously, Adam did great work kind of like realizing all the little details and he put in so many kind of like good sort of location stuff in there. But the low key MVP was Kurt Michael Russell, who added that kind of like nauseating kind of like you know, kind of like mm. faded, you know, like bit VHS color palette to it, which is it great. Cool. You were watching an old movie. Um, because yeah, actually, because Kurt was the Kurt's been a great collaborator in this series. He actually sends like he actually sent his pages, but look. Here's the pages just drawn like normal, which looks fine. But I had this idea and I wanted to kind of maybe think we could add this in. And he added the kind of white palette. And I, and I always think it's great when you can encourage like, you know, everyone in the creative team to feel like they're being creators and kind of like adding something to the story. And I think it, it was really inspired, really inspired choice. So we kind of went with it and kind of rolled with it. And I think it worked and made the issue feel better and feel that more immersive, like you're watching a movie. And we're going to see a little bit more movie in the final chapter coming up. Um, like we, which is or yeah, a issue eight, which is going to be like a lot better yeah. than a month to nine. Um, was like for me, like part of the fun is like, and I know I don't want to get too much in the spoilers, but like yeah. part of like the fun, like whenever you like you watch um like stuff like Bowfinger or Ed Wood or um Son of Rambo, it's like when you you know that that kind of climactic moment of like they've made the movie and now we get to see the movie and like see how they react to seeing the movie that for me like some of my favorite stuff like in like stories and like i, I think it'd be fun to do that our version of that um but this is this issue so like the issue eight kind of deals with some of the kind of like the big movie climax stuff the issue seven is where kind of like a lot of the horror stuff comes mm -hmm. to head mm -hmm. and so like you know i kind of so while this has mainly been a kind of like light-hearted <laughs> series um I feel like this issue has some really fun horror beats, like slightly slight spoiler alert, like you know, for like readers, like you know, um, I'll just kind of like you can cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's not it's not too big, it doesn't come from the end of the issue. Your book. But like there's like one beat about halfway through the issue, and this was actually this is going back years and years to like 2015 or something like this, when I was had the first inklings of the nasty in my head. The very first idea I had for this story. Is a sequence that happens in this issue, which is when she looks and the TV's kind of got static playing, oh. and she opens up the VCR player and there's something lurking inside the VCR. Like, ah! You know, oh. it's like that, like you know, it was like that kind of scare is in yeah. here, and like that's like something that always it was like the initial gem of the idea. So I'm so glad they got to kind of get that in here and get it in the mix. Yeah, that came out great. That is that is a vicious idea. That really is. And, and that's some awesome stuff. So the nasty is going the the seventh issue of that is going to be coming out um, at the end of February the twenty eighth. Yep. And Alex, yep. bef before we let you guys go, we're this we we don't normally run this long, but we always have a fun time with John. No, we're great. So that makes but sense. I, there you go. Yes, yeah, exactly. So, but we also as we don't want to make John too jealous here, but we do want to ask you a little bit about some of your, the other stuff you have going on. Um, because I have, <laughs> because I, um, <laughs> but, but when I saw, uh, the devil that wears my face was announced from mad cave, I thought, okay, this, this sounds great. And then I saw your name attached to it. And I was like, I, I have to, I, I need this thing right away. Like this, this is a, like, and I've been loving every single issue of it. And really? I, again, like there's like just some fucked up shit, man, that you're drawing. And it's just the, the whole story is brilliant. Like how did, can you just tell me a little bit how that came together in your experience, illustrating this and bringing it to life? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of one of those, um, like I, I've, uh, I know Dave from uh, like cons and all that type of stuff. And, um, and we were trying to cook something together or put something together for a little while. And, um, 
but yeah, he, he told me the idea for this story and um, I just thought it'd be a blast. And, um, but uh, yeah, uh, putting some of the stuff together, like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example I could give you. Um, but uh, no, it's just been fun. It's, it's kind of, you know, get it just, it's, it's a, it's a fun horror thing. It's kind of, yeah. And the funny thing is, so I'm like in the middle of like the last issue right now. I'm like just coloring it right now. And uh, so there's a lot of things I want to talk about from this issue specifically. Cause I was like, Oh, you guys haven't seen anything yet. Like that's, this is where it gets really cooking. And, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a blast kind of doing this, uh, this historical type of horror, like specifically like, uh, like it's because it's supposed to be like 1740. Yeah. So going in, like kind of researching that has been a blast because, uh, you know, I've, I've done historical stuff before, but it's always been like in the 20th century. And, um, and I, and I've, I've, I've loved it. Like, like a history. Now. I love, that's all the stuff I always like so on my cool. own time. I'm reading. That's what I'm reading. You it, know? And for anybody who I, I've mentioned it on the show multiple times, but for anybody who hasn't, uh, hasn't heard about it or checked it out. I mean, it's, it's basically, uh, it's set in 1740. The Vatican is in turmoil. We have this main character, father Franco Vieri. Um, and he has to go like handle this exorcism that is like, of great significance and then shit goes wrong after dealing with this this demon known as legion and um i mean and this is not a spoiler this is shared like in the no, this is, uh, yeah it's like on yeah. issue one yeah but uh, ends up, uh that was like a, so that was a, like a freaky friday uh exorcism yeah. kind of situation <laughs> that we're dealing with uh, yeah because, and that was the thing so when i saw that first issue uh it was one of those like we can stop it right here i mean that's a great like mm-hmm. i i love that first issue just because it was like this is a good horror story right here if we just left him there and he's just trapped in this so what happens for anybody who hasn't read it not but i'm assuming you all have because you've read all of john and i and like all my stuff and all john's stuff and everything but um so what happens is is yeah this uh priest comes in he's gonna do his exorcism this guy's like tied up in like in this uh like in a basement or like in this dungeon and um and one of the things i enjoyed uh, it was a lot of fun with this too was like you know most time an exorcist thing like in the exorcist you know uh she doesn't like reagan doesn't actually like she'll like spit on you um and she'll like hurt herself but uh but most of the time it's just kind of like you know how can we save this girl type of thing uh this guy will screw you up he'll rip off your head and like shove it up your you know he'll like he you know a guy gets too close he rips out his throat and like tears him up and all that type of stuff and so this is you know he's looking to like kind of have some fun and um but our so our priest guy he gets down there and in the middle of the exorcist it basically goes wrong he ends up stuck in the person he's trying to save whereas now the uh, demon jumps into his body now is running this higher up priest fella he goes back to the vatican he's like all right let's let's now we can have some real fun you know we gotta <laughs> and um and he's yeah shenanigans ensue but yeah, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, so i was psyched with that first issue but but then uh, we're like, oh, and for my sake, I was like, oh, I got to do like a, a sword fight sequence. That'll be fun. Oh, I got to do like a chase, like a horse chase. That'll, that'll be a blast to do. I'll do, uh, and there's like little things like that. And I'm like, oh, this would be great. But um, no, it's it's been a ton of fun. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. happy I mean, people I mean, dig it. And I, mean, uh, I, can, I can bust Alex's balls and I can go like, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, like, how, 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 how's like the devil that wears Prada going? How's he? How's like, hey, devil, where's my face going? You know, like, <laughs> 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 like, no, it's like such a good 
book. Like, you know, like I remember Alex showed me the pages for it at Heroes Con, and it was like, it's annoyingly good. Like, it's like Alex gets better and better. Um, as stuff gets more sophisticated, and like I love historical horror. Like, I'm a real sucker for it. Like, you know, I've got some historical horror type things I want to do myself at some point. And like for me, like it's something that gets kind of like underserved and then like you know so to see something that kind of like captures kind of either in the past so well and does that kind of stuff you know i think it's really exciting and then like alex and david are a great team and um i'm very excited to pick up the collection when it comes out very soon I'm yeah just yeah. <laughs> yeah so so john will love this last question for me nick and i both loved drive like hell and i've read all the other books that you've done with with rich when's the next book with rich coming out what's it gonna be Oh, we're gonna have a big Rich's fingers. <laughs> You're gonna. I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm expecting to see. Rich is gonna be drawn into sync now, Joe. He's gonna make <laughs> Alex kill him. Bitch. That's what's gonna happen. Uh, we we just did one a uh, 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 smaller thing. Um, I, I can't say anything about it now because it's well, I guess an announced a long time. You can, stuff, you can tell us off air. It's okay. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't care. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, like, um, we're off air now. Yeah. <laughs> Ignore the red light. <laughs> I swear to God, we paused the recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, we. Uh, it's. I'll, I'll. I'll say it's kind of like a sci-fi type of thing, which was. Oh, nice. Which nice. something I haven't really done too much of it now, and now that I have, I'm like, oh, this is this is a blast of them. But uh, that, that's, that's I've said too much. But uh, oh, oh wow, oh no. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but that's I. And so that'll be announced at some point. Uh, I don't know when, but uh, but yeah, no, we, we got some stuff cooking. Nice, Love that. awesome. But yeah. what's cooking John right we now? Do, John doesn't. What's cooking right now, everybody, <laughs> is sync monster. So make sure if you there haven't you already done this, done this as you're listening. Go to Kickstarter, find this the new the latest sync campaign and get in on the action. If you haven't read it at all, you can get digital catch-up. You could do physical catch-up, different price points. Um, but you definitely want to get in on sick. Again, like like Alex was our, uh, what was it, the 2023 Floppy Award winner for Best Artist. And then Thank on top you, of that, <laughs> yes, of course. And then Sync <laughs> is, but according to Joe and I, and also uh, Rich Keefe absolutely loved it uh, from a hashtag dork. But that is the number one uh, horror comic per you know, our, our ranking system. Absolutely love sick. Can't miss stuff. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Always good to chat oh, with you. And we can't uh, wait to get this. Always happy to like chat oh, to you guys. Yeah. So pleasure. I can like, you know, being on your show, listening to your show. You know, you guys have so much passion for comics and yeah. especially, but most importantly, passion for my comics. Um, <laughs> 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 oh, um, I get it. I get it. Yes. <laughs> hey, but oh, you know, I just I just want to say there's a quick cheap plug as well. Like if anyone's listening to this and want to come see how I'll be on your side of the Atlantic, I'm yeah. at Emerald City Comic Con next week or this week or whatever this goes out on here. Um, but I'll be at Emerald City. So if you're in Seattle and you're at Emerald City, like you know when you're listening to this, come and see me and see how we'll see Nick and Doc sent you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See yeah. you at the the biscuit bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come, come, come be my biscuit bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're yeah. done.